Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Joe is Tired podcast. I'm your host, Mike, along with the theme of today's show, Joe is Tired. Joe, how are you? Actually, not tired. Seriously? (laughs) The one time I try to throw you under and you're like, I'm rested. (laughs) For once, I feel decent. God, this intro is just thrown in the trash now. (laughs) I'm still going to use it, but jeez. I saw my sleep doctor today. He said I'm doing fine. That's good. That's good to hear. Sleep is important for everybody. He says I'm breathing at night. That's, you know, when you think about it, that's pretty important, isn't it? It is. Yeah, when you breathe at night, you actually, uh, not only do you sleep, but you live. Yes. So that's... Living's important. Yes, that's... If you can walk away with anything today, if you breathe, you live. So that's a pretty good correlation there. And if you live, you can play Pokemon. And if you live, you can play Pokemon. And, And you need sleep to play Pokemon well. Absolutely. So we're it's all coming together, the circle of life here. Welcome, everybody, to the Blue Surge Podcast. We have an awesome show for you today. It could be on the shorter end. I'm really not 100% sure. Because in terms of news and information, there really isn't a whole lot of new stuff. But we do have a lot of talking points that we're going to get to concerning the upcoming regional. I think when we talked about AC in the previous week, we we didn't go as deep as we could. I feel like we kind of got to it and kind of brushed over it, and we could have done more justice, and I think we're going to do so this time with Knoxville. Our plan today, we're going to talk about one little piece of news. We're going to take uh, probably a really, really quick break, and then we're going to jump into Knoxville and a couple talking points that I want to discuss before we get into the actual predictions. I think that... We've been able to do enough research and looking over the decks and seeing what's played at locals and league cups to maybe start to formulate a better idea of what may or may not happen this weekend. Because I feel like we did have 700 plus masters, which is awesome at AC and Cologne. I really feel like Knoxville is going to break that number because it's, I mean, people are going to get more comfortable during the year. And I feel like, Joe, you might agree with me on this. There's kind of like this, if there was a graph in terms of attendance and a and consistency in playing the card game, it slowly moves up as winter approaches because people are trying to get their points in. And then towards the spring, it starts to kind of wind itself down. Yeah, probably. It, the whole point system has always kind of changed a little bit different this year since you don't get things based on quarterly anymore. It's all based on overall time for the whole season so that might change who knows but maybe people get, people get more desperate as time goes on yeah i mean it, it'll be interesting to see how the new point system does impact things that's kind of our plan for today though it should be pretty laid back with hopefully some really in-depth conversation that makes you think that makes you think about your own opinions concerning the meta and kind of what we could be looking at first thing though there is one piece of news and i don't know how i feel about it it scares me. It probably won't do anything, and it probably won't mean anything. At least in Japan, at least in Japan, there is going to be something called a God Pack released into the Tag All-Stars set. You don't know what a God Pack is. It is essentially exactly what you can think of. It is a pack full of Ultra Rares. It does come with an energy, but it comes with nine, because it is a special 
pack. I mean, it'll come with the one energy and the rest of the nine cards will all be ultra rares. Whether that be a full art, a rainbow. I don't think secret rares are included, but it wouldn't shock me. A full art trainer. Uh, it's essentially GX like... And above. Gold, yeah, a GX and a, above. And it's it's kind of like the golden ticket. I love Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's kind of... A, it's our golden ticket. How do you feel about this, man? Because I, I really don't know how I feel about it. Willy Wonka, it was an okay movie. I wasn't a big fan of the remake, but it was okay. I just feel like some of the kids were kind of spoiled a little bit and then trying to steal the secret recipe of the Gobstopper. Even though it's a great piece of candy, but... You know, that probably relates so much to the actual answer to this that it's not even funny. So, Gotta Pack's great. I've opened something similar to a Gotta Pack once. I once had a pack full of reverse cards. That was pretty cool to open up one time. But this whole pack opening craze is reminding me right now. It's just even the current thing that's going on right now is the hidden face packs. Everybody's going nuts. Everybody. Yesterday at our league, I went to our shop. I talked to the guy who does our Pokemon stuff. And he literally has got a stack of at least 30 to 50 Mewtwo's from a single person who traded them in because they're trying to get a master collection of the whole set. Which is nuts. A Mewtwo's. It's, it's uh, here's my opinion, and I think, I think that, and obviously we're around people that can afford doing such a thing, and that always is what it comes down to first, just being able to afford it. But it is funny, just the the hidden fates craze, which to be fair, in, in devil's advocate to my own stance on it, it is a phenomenal set. Oh, it's really in cool. terms of the secret rares. I mean, I do want to collect it, and and if. Other life circumstances hadn't gotten the way I would be purchasing them, but just that's not where my priorities are lying right now. It's a really, really cool set, but with this God Pack, again, to be fair, it's not like people are going to be buying boxes now because of this. Assuming it comes out in the U.S. Assuming it comes out in the U.S. At the same time, though, let's say this comes out in the U.S. What's to say a person that normally would be winning their local or winning a challenge and instead of turning their wins into store credit or instead of turning their winnings into the newest set, this might sway your way and you're kind of going to be kind of like, yeah, I'll, why don't we get two more packs of this? Like, I'm not going to pay for them. I showed up, I played, I won. Let's let's kind of take my take my lottery chances here. It It will increase the amount of packs that are open, not to the extent that you might feel we're talking from. I don't think people are going to be standing at a line outside of a store buying boxes, but it does kind of jump into the same craze of hidden fates where instead of buying singles, you still see more people actually opening the product than you do buying the stuff online. Yeah, it's actually the whole thing just kind of honestly turning me off a little bit too. Not to take like a hipster approach to it, but it's it's happening so much that the more it happens, it just turned me off more by looking at it. It is a little funky. And and again, it's hard for us not to be a little biased because you and I are on the same same wagon here of we're not people that want to spend our money opening packs because we know how how dangerous that can get for your wallet. It's super fun. Oh, it's very fun. But like moving into a new house and things like that. I looked at how much bulk I have. I'm like where am I going to put this? I got to the point now the last few weeks at, at League, I've stopped taking prize packs. I just take a store credit now. 
Yeah, when I saw you do that, I actually think that when I do get to play over the next couple of months, when I am super busy, if I do play well enough to earn packs, I'm going to do the same thing, you know, because I just build up and get something. I mean, Cosmic Eclipse, but at the same time, the way I am financially right now, in terms of priorities around Pokemon, come November, I'm going to be spending $60 on a new video game from Pokemon. And that is a much higher priority than opening packs because it's the certainty of it. But I, we get it. We get the gambling side of it. It is gambling in a way. And and I'm I'm super interested to see what the God Pack does if we get it. Because you and I both thought that people weren't going to open Hidden Fates. Yeah, wrong. I mean, we really did not think people were going to be opening as much as they have. And we were so wrong. Like I knew it was going to go crazy, but I didn't think it would go this crazy. And I don't think the God Pack will do that, but you never know. And and we know other card games have God Packs. Magic does. I, I think every, Yu-Gi-Oh! probably has at one point. There's other games that have it. And, and maybe it doesn't impact the game as much because we don't hear about it a ton. So maybe it isn't that big of a deal. It is cool to see, though, because obviously you'd be pretty amped if you opened up a pack and they were a bunch of ultra rares. So out of curiosity... Granted, we never had seen a God Pack before, but have you ever opened up a pack of Pokemon cards or any type of other game and get something super unexpected? Um, In terms of what, like something you weren't supposed to get? Yeah, I guess. No, not really. I'm trying to think. I th- didn't David, one of the guys who went with uh, Baby Blouse, he, did, yeah. he, he opened yeah, he a op- full art Nagana Del GX in a green code pack. That's what it was. Yeah, and, and you know it's going to happen every so often, but. I don't know. I, I, I'll be interested to see from an outside perspective how this impacts things. I mean, in terms of magic, and this is literally just off of the Poke Beach uh, uh, listing in terms of information, about one out of every 250 to 300 booster packs is a quote-unquote god pack when they are available. And those aren't terrible odds. They're good enough odds to where people might try out their luck. So you never really know. And on the other hand, though, the people that would open the packs also probably will still buy three or four boxes regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the people that will be opening to open a God Pack would be buying this stuff anyway. Anything else you want to say on the God Pack? No. I think one more crazy one I heard one time. I think it may happen to one of our friends too. I can remember offhand. Someone opened a pack of Pokemon cards and inside were a set of playing cards from a deck. I have never heard that. That's insane. I think that may have been our friend Joey. I came around off and out the car. That's a troll. That, that is troll. Yeah. I'd rather have the God Pack. <laughs> That's what I'd rather have. I think it was like like two of hearts, three of hearts, four of hearts, five of hearts. That's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, you know, I, I think that kind of closes the topic on that. And and really, I know we're only about 10-ish minutes in, but we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna have a little bit of sponsor. And then we're gonna jump into our regional conversation before we go into our sponsored break. I do want to say we are slowly climbing up the ladder in terms of listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening. The sponsorship that we have run, it is, it is going to be for Anchor until we get more sponsorships for the podcast. But we do appreciate every single person that listens through that and that support us and spread the word on what we got going on. We, we do appreciate do it, it. To buy energy packs. Everyone needs more energy packs to use as coasters. All right. We will see you all in just a moment. 
We are back and we are ready to go. Joe, we have another regional coming up this weekend. It is in Knoxville. It is a standard regional. And we have a lot of information to look at going into this tournament. Before we talk about what we think is going to win, what might be a dark horse, blah de blah de blah I have a couple questions that I want to ask you and talk to you about to see your thoughts on it and just kind of where the meta might turn. Because, again, I am really super curious of what you're going to think. The first question focuses around this little research I was doing just based on the data from the two regionals and kind of what decks were played, what decks weren't played. The most played deck of the tournament, both regionals, Cologne and Atlanta City, were Picaram. Picaram was the highest played deck at both regionals. Atlantic City in day two, it was around 27, 28%. And in day two in Cologne, it was around 19, 20%. I know that's day two, but you can expect that in day one, it was just even bigger than that. There was also a metagame analysis that CCG, Complexity Card Gaming, put out that was a chart that showed win and loss rates for the top decks that placed. And I don't know if you got a chance to look at this, but out of all the decks, Picaram was the second on the list behind Pidgeotto Control with a win rate of 53% against other high meta decks. So we know it was the most played to, to a skewed degree. And we know it has one of the best win rates. My question to you is this. How come Picaram is not the best deck in the format? Because we never talk about it like it is anymore. There's Reshazard, there's Mewtwo. How come, even after repeated results of consistency, at least based on like tournament finishes, why are we not sitting here saying Picaram is the best deck in the format? Why, why is that not a conversation that we're having? Um, even though peak around can be very, very consistent, I've seen peak around do like peak around things where you dig, you dig, you dig, you don't get anything, but it is probably the most consistent deck out there. But consistency doesn't always mean wins. Is it, is it the most consistent? Cause that's what I always think about. Like is peak around the most consistent? You know, um, that's I, I what I wonder. It's been around for so long, put it that way. Is it consistently played, or is it consistent in terms of a deck? If you had to pick one of those, do you think Picaram is more consistently played, or do you think it's more consistent just as, a, as an engine? Um, probably more consistently played, because it has been around for a long period of time. Um, like we talked about before, people are just so comfortable with a deck. Um, with the whole engine of it. it. It's changed since rotation a bit, but the general gist of it is, is fairly the same. I, I just thought it was really interesting because I sit there and I look at this and you always see it. It's always in big numbers and it's just not one of the best decks, yet it continues to be played. I mean, that's not fair. It is one of the best decks, but... It, it's a successful deck. Yeah, it's successful. And, and really, I thought about it and I agree with you. It is comfortable to play. And that's probably why it's always played in high numbers. 
your strategy is fairly the same each time. It is. It's the same thing each time. And that's also probably another reason that jumps on the comfort is, yeah, there's text. You People are playing Hoopa, Absol. There's the judge variant. There's even, there's a Bill's analysis variant. Like there's all these different ways to play it. But also at the same time, th- those cards that you're changing, you're playing at such a small percentage of the time. At the end of the day, you're still trying to Coco Prism, get your Zero Aura out, have Raichu on the bench now, and, and get full Blitz as fast as possible. And it's just, it must just be the fact that it's so easy to learn that at the end of the day, like you said, people feel comfortable playing it. Because the things that are against it are, I think it's combos or sometimes just you just whiff. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can play the Jirachi variant, but you're taking away from the power in the deck. I think everyone expects it now. And I think having 240 HP really matters. I I just, I don't know. 240 HP is a much easier number to obtain. And it's, I don't know, it's so strange to me. I, I've tried to wrap my head around this all the time. And another thing I thought about was Pikaram, the reason it, hasn't won anything even though it's the most played is because the decks that beat it are all like the weird rogue decks and i mean weird rogue is in like gardevoir has a decent matchup against it uh looking at the pidgeotto control which it's, it's not a rogue deck but it's not in big numbers has a great matchup against it but overall it has an over 50 percent win rate against reshazard Bocephalon. Mewtwo, Malamar. I mean, it has so many good matchups. It's being played so much. What's causing it to not reach the top once it reaches top eight or top 16? It's such a weird situation. Yeah, I think the biggest part of it, too, like with it being as an easier deck at the pilot, I think, is that if you're pl- if you plan on playing for two days all day long, for I don't know how many hours, like they say, you have nine rounds for about 50 minutes a piece. So you're playing for about nine hours and plus. You're going to be mentally pretty exhausted. So you need to find a deck that's easier to play. Now, the same thing it's one of the reasons why people choose Pikaram. Because if you're going to be stuck with it all day long, possibly playing for two days, you got to play something that's going to be able to play decently, even making some stupid mental mistakes, especially when you're tired. Yeah. And I guess to be fair, at the end of the day, it's one of the decks that has a way to search a stadium, has a way to attack for less energy than re- the required cost, has instant access to two GXs with use of the cards that it discards, has free retreat. I mean, it has all these things that are just safety nets. You're going to have this at the end of the day. You're going to be able to get your Thunder Mountain. You're going to be able to get your full Blitz off. All of these things, while at the same time having this huge inconsistency in terms of that first combo and if you don't get it going, you just you you don't you don't win. You know, it's really hard to accomplish. So I thought it was interesting to talk about because again, I, I just it almost feels like we're underappreciating Pikaram from a fan's perspective of the meta. And we're talking about Reshazard and we're talking about Mewtwo, but at the end of the day, Pikaram still reigns supreme a lot of the time as the most played list. 
It might not be winning, but it's the most played. So I thought it was interesting to talk about. The next question is around your just your favorite archetype, and that is control. <sighs> we saw control be successful, as I feel like we do every single fall. And I'm curious to think of where you think it's going to land in terms of the meta at Knoxville. So referring back to the data that we do have that people were awesome enough to create, if we just go off a of clone, which had a lot of masters playing, Pidgeotto Control had the highest win rate. Based on their results, Pidgeotto had a 59% win rate overall, which is the highest by 6% over Picaram. So almost 60% of matches that Pidgeotto Control played, it won in. Where is this deck going to be at Knoxville? It might be around, but... Because of what I'm thinking, well, remember I was talking to you before stream about a certain card that I think is going to be popping up a lot more. Mm-hmm. I think because of that card, I think is going to. Oh, I know uh, now. Now it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I know what card you're going to say. Say what? it. Go ahead. Say it. Are we going to play now Blaine's Quiz Show in the middle of nowhere? Do it. What's the card? Tell me. Okay. Blaine's Quiz Show in the middle of nowhere. No. First attack, get lost. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's Yeah, I think if Drafric pops up everywhere in heavy numbers, you can even put it in this deck. It might even do you any, it may do you some good. But if you get rid of pe- the biggest thing that's happening right now, people are recycling resources still from the discard pile. Pokemon Pidgeotto Control, you have things in your hand, but eventually you're orangering things back in, right? So if you try to get rid of a bunch of stuff with Drafric, they're in a tough spot. If you're playing against Mewtwo and you're playing Drafric, you get rid of all their all their big things in their discard pile. So just look at Azul GG's winning deck. So the important cards in the discard pile are Solgaleo, your Charizard GX, uh, kind of Macargo, not really. Um, Espeon, Deoxys GX, Latios, and some people are playing still Russian Zard in it. Um, you get rid of those some of, a couple of those things per turn. You get, you're getting rid of two things per loss zone. You're going to have them stuck with uh, oh maybe a Wobbuffet or Jirachi to attack with. You can't really attack with a Jirachi, the Dedenne. You can't really attack with a Dedenne. If you get rid of these attackers, they're all going to be pretty null and voided. So I'm, I'm thinking that Giraffe Rig is going to make a huge, huge uprising in this tournament. And I can see that being in a control variant. So if Pidgeotto Control comes out the way it did and splitting it with Drafrig, I can see something running away with it. It's an interesting point of view. I, I think this will be a good conversation because I think we lie on two different ends of the spectrum here. And I really, really like what you had to say about that, though. I think Drafrig is always an option. And here, here's where it gets tough. Pidgeotto Control was only 5% of the meta in the entire regional pool, give or take a few percents. At the end of the day, it's a super small amount of what you're actually going to see. And that's where I think it kind of has its, its strong point. I think the reason that Pidgeotto Control is so good is because it's really, it's really hard to convince yourself to tech for it. 
So if you're preparing for a regional this weekend, you know Pidgeotto controlled it well, but you know it's not played, and you know it's it's a really hard endurance deck to play. It's an incredibly high IQ. But I I curiously though, like okay, of all the other controlled decks that we've seen before, like the Shininja control stuff, Zora controls, um, Sylveon GX controls. Of all the control stuff I've seen so far, this seems like the easier one of the pilot than the others. It is, it is. And and it's still though, it's still a control deck though. You know, at the end of the day, it's never gonna be played in big numbers because one, we know not many people are fans of stall, or I, I'm going to say control. Stall is the very wrong word for that, so I apologize for that. But it's you're going to a regional where you're not playing your game. Does that make sense? If if you're playing Pidgeotto Control, at no point are you playing your game plan. You're not. You are not walking into the match knowing what you're going to do. You are never going to know what your game is going to withhold beyond just the general matchup your opponent's plays dictate the the tempo of what your deck does and i just i i doubt it will be played over the five percent and if giraffe rig's around then it i think i think giraffe is going to be a thing where i'm not going to be shocked if it's in a top eight list but if it's in a top eight list i feel like that tells me that they were unlucky enough to go up against those control decks and I hope I'm making sense when I say that, because I, I I think so. So you're saying, and you're saying giraffe rig can just be played in general. Is that kind of your standpoint? Yeah, giraffe rig can be played in general. How often in every deck that you're playing, except for like you play Spirit Tomb, but yeah, you're playing Peek Around, Rushes Art, and YouTube. I in what turn are you going to be? jumping away from your path of attack when are you going to be attacking with giraffe rig over getting something else ready to go because at the end of the day giraffe rig will never win you the game you know what i mean it it can it can alter a match but at the end of the day you have to take prizes with your big guys and how often is a player going to sacrifice momentum to beat a control deck i it's just it's a strange conversation because you're right. You're completely correct. Giraffe Rig is a very strong card, assuming that Pidgeotto Control is one of the strongest decks, which I would argue it is, but it's the reverse of Picaram. Are you going to tech a card in your deck for the 5%? I would tech it against Mew and Mewtwo as well. It's good against, it's good against Mewtwo. It is good against Mewtwo. It's, it's arguably good against Picaram and Malamar. You know, it's it's arguably good against those things. and. Again, though, it's the question of are those two cards that you're going to get rid of really going to be the two cards you need to get rid of? And are you going to have Giraffe Rig when you need it? You know what I mean? Let's say you get Giraffe Rig early and you're like, I'm going to shut this thing down. What's to say that that person doesn't just play around it? You know what I mean? Um, they can try playing around it for a while. But the the problem is they only have a couple of gusting effects. You only have custom catchers. Mm-hmm. And you only have nine tails. After that, you're kind of got nothing unless you have an attack from Pokemon that yeah. brings someone else up. Which you know, no I see playing. it. I see it played in Malamar. That's where I can see it be played because I just I worry. I I worry that it has a very small upside. 
And I know when you look at it, it's such a strong attack. But I feel like there's a reason we only saw it appear like at one regional. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mewtwo's been around, Picarum's been here, Control's been here. Why? Why are we not seeing it? That's what you. That's what I'm asking myself. I There's got to be a reason, right? I mean, there I has think to people be. have gotten too comfortable with what things are going on, and I'm afraid people are kind of a little afraid to jump out of their comfort zone sometimes. If I was going to put Draftic in a deck, it would probably be a second deck. It'd be a play of Malmar, Eskan, Deoxys. I can put in Spirit Tomb as well. But I'm thinking, like, um, I'm, I, I would like to pair it with the Latios GX because of how much. Mm, yeah. Uh, because of how much the meta is tag teams. That's super interesting. I, I would, I, I am super interested to see now where Giraffe relies because. You think it's going to be played more. I think it's not going to be appearing as much. But you're right. I mean, there aren't a lot of cards to tech against Pidgeotto. There aren't a lot of cards in the format that go, okay, this counters that deck. You pretty much can't counter it, except for with Girafferig. You know, and even at that point, I'm sure there's ways that it can get around it after the first get lost. You know, that's also my question is, how many times are you using get lost? You know what I mean? How many times are they going to let you get away with that? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see because I really don't have the answer. So I, I like that you brought that up. Yeah, so putting Pidgeotos aside, let's look at some of the GXs inside a Mewtwo deck. So you have the Dene. I'm mm-hmm. not worried about that because you're not going to use his attack. So Galileo GX, you have one. Charizard GX, you got two. You have Macargo, mm-hmm. Espeon, Deoxys, Latios, Naganadel. And we'll put down Reshazard too. I can't think of any other ones that are out there, but you have Hidden Fates, Charizard, Greninja. Yeah. There's options. Uh, Greninja. So we'll put, that makes eight right there. So yeah. you need four turns to get rid of most of those resources. Other resources that you have, Dedenne, Jirachi, mm-hmm. other small things that are not really matter. So you have four turns to do it, really. If they're in the discard, right? You know, if they're in mean? the discard, yeah. That's the thing. It's like it's the if. But they're all not going to be at the same time, so you're easily to pick out, keep sniping those out one by one, or two by two. Are you going to last more than one turn, though? Depends how if, many Drafferig you have. is on the field, and it's attacking, does it last more than one turn? Most likely not, but that's why you play it somewhat heavier count. Possibly. Know, that's, that's, that'd be crazy, dude. If I saw like a, three, a two count of Drafferig, that'd be wild. It's, that'd be the most wild cheese I've ever seen in my life. That would be amazing. That that would be crazy. And I, I think that kind of hits our Pidgeotto stuff. And again, it's a, a really good debate about Girafferig because really it's the only card in the format that really stops the Oranguru chain. It's the only card. So I'd be curious to see. Got two more questions for you. One of them is about Malamar. I think, along with myself, people are sleeping on Malamar. Big time. I think going into this weekend, people are really sleeping on Malamar. The reasons I think so before you give your rebuttal is it obviously has a great prize trade. It has the biggest tech pool out of any deck. It doesn't really care about the stadium battle either. In reality, yeah, Lysander Labs turns off spell tag. 
But really, Malamar can thrive without spell tag. It can. It doesn't want to, but it can. I think the inconsistency terrifies people. But when you look at things, what deck doesn't struggle with consistency? I mean, I, I, I'm curious what you think of this. I think Malamar is being slept on, especially with the way Espeon Deoxys is being played now. I think that if the if strong players play Malamar this weekend, I, it really wouldn't shock me if it does really well. Because it's one of the only decks that, if teched correctly, and that's a very careful phrase I'm using, if teched correctly, it has a great matchup against everything else. Or where do you stand on Malamar right now? Just because I've been high on traffic for the last few days, I like the psychic deck for that reason. Because I've been thinking about the last few days of trying to build like a Malamar with a Giraffic and Latios GX, something like that rolling around. Um, and strangely enough, when I was doing research for the podcast this time around, um, I looked up online and actually Azul GG won a, a cup with Malamar. And so in this deck is a uh, 4-4 of Malamar, one Latios GX, one Diakas Espeon GX, two Giratinas, a Esper, and some Muse. That's kind of what I've been thinking about the last few days, honestly. I, the, and another reason I brought it up, though, to, I think we're both high on the deck right now. So I looked at this Cologne list, and I think... When you look at the list, Malamar does not jump out. Out of the nine decks on the list, it is the seventh one on the list. Literally seven out of nine. However, it has the highest... I have to say this carefully. It has the highest... It has the highest loss rate. And what I mean by that is, out of every deck, its lowest point is higher than every other deck's lowest point in terms of win rates. The lowest point that Malamar has in terms of matchups is against Picaram, which was at 37.9%. Every other deck either had a super low, like 32% win rate, or some decks had like a 0% win rate against certain things. Malamar has the potential to beat every deck, if teched correctly. And I think this weekend, if the right people tech the right cards, don't be shocked if you see it. That's my standpoint on Malamar. I think it's really in a good spot. That's just that's just kind of where I'm at. Anything else you want to say with Malamar? No. The more I'm looking at Azul's list right now, the more I like it. I've changed a couple of things about it, but I really like it. Yeah. All right. Well, then we'll see how it does and we'll move on to the last question. My last question surrounds the big bad boy Mewtwo. We we look at the two regionals and it's safe to say, I think it's safe to say, Mewtwo is the best deck in the format on paper. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Mewtwo is the best deck. I mean, even though Power Plant's a thing, even though there's all these ways to, to have a psychic tech, blah, 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 it's proven itself to be the strongest deck. It's the most versatile. And just like Peak Realm, I think it. I think at a very low, low base, now that there's a framework for it, I think it has a pretty easy uh, it has a pretty easy entry level. At first, we I, I personally 
said that Mewtwo would be a very high skill deck to play, and that's why a lot of people wouldn't play it. I think now, though, that we have a framework, more people are comfortable playing the deck. And because the price has gone down on the card, it's easier to play. If you're going into the weekend, I have two questions. Why would you play Mewtwo and why wouldn't you? So the first question I'm going to ask you is, if we're going into the weekend for Knoxville, you're planning to win the whole thing. Why would Mewtwo be your choice? Uh, the power to dig. So just um, purely the, just the way it moves through its deck. Yep. You got four welders, you got pokey gears, you got denes, you have mysterious treasures, you have acro bikes, you have um some people are playing was it acro bikes, uh welders that the denes. There are Jirachi uh, variants. I mean and some playing Jirachis. There's uh ways to dig, making things dig like cherish balls. Um so it's really easy to dig a lot of these things out. It's also like uh, a careless dig. Yeah, because I played someone last week uh, against uh, a Mewtwo build, a Mew3 build. Um, very different, but similar, I guess, framework in terms of uh, draw power. Well, there's the Dene's Acro Bikes, and they were, they almost decked themselves out. And I was playing, I was playing a uh, one prize deck. That's that's the, the power of it. It just digs and digs and digs. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of I get you out of a lot of situations. I I think that the reason I would play Mewtwo is like you said, it has that power to dig. It has its high versatility, its low skill base that I kind of talked about. I really do think, just like Pidgeotto control, as much as we want to think there is. Especially with Jirachi GX being a thing to remove the psychic weakness, I don't think there's a lot of cards that you can tech to beat Mewtwo. Really. I mean, you have Power Plant, which it has stadium bumps, it'll play Malamar. You I guess I guess for the sake of our conversation, you can argue Girafferig. But what else? You know? I mean, with your Pikaroms and your Reshazards. What are you really putting in your deck to beat Mewtwo? Is there anything? That that's really about it. Those couple cards. You know what I mean? Like you're like Drafrig is, is probably good enough to slow it down, but not to beat it. No. And, and, and again, you're like, what? If this thing starts off with a Turbo Strike right off the bat, what what are you doing against it? I mean, high skill players will know how to beat it. High skill players will be able to play their power plants at the right time, but sometimes you don't have that right time. I think it's it's so crazy. And, and, and Mewtwo's biggest counters, here are the decks that I think beat Mewtwo the best. If I were to say the decks that just defeat Mewtwo outright. Single prizers and Gardevoir. That's what beats Mewtwo. I think those are the only two variants of decks and variants, I use that broadly. I think those are the only types of decks that can beat Mewtwo. Single Prizers and Gardevoir. And those two decks are not played a lot. Gardevoir will always be in small percentages, and it loses to Fire-type decks, and it loses to Single Prize decks, to a degree. I mean, give or take a few. It's not strong enough to win a regional, in a big regional. I know it won Sheffield, but I, I don't think Gardevoir is 
strong enough to to beat everything. And I don't know, Malamar, you know? Malamar is the only other deck that really has like the driving power and prize trade to beat it. And it doesn't care about Latios and Turbo Strikes, whatever, because it has its own way of recurring energy. I just don't think it has a lot of downsides. Even over Reshazard, it's not as combo heavy as Reshazard because it's versatile. Reshazard's not versatile. That's what we've always talked about. Reshazard is very straightforward, pound down the hill, welder and smack things for 8 billion. Mewtwo can kind of be methodical if it wants to. So I, it's a really strong play, but why, why wouldn't you play it? Why wouldn't I want to play Mewtwo? Or Mewtwo? Yeah, you're not playing Mewtwo. I don't care what you're playing, but you're not playing Mewtwo. Why would you not play it? I'm not comfortable with it, first of all. <laughs> but in a, in a meta sense, why would I not play Mewtwo? You have to give me a reason. It can't be I would play it. What is the reason that you wouldn't play it? This is a super. This is probably the hardest question I can ask you all day. It it really is. Um, why would I play it? Why would or you why not play I, it? Why would you not play it? I know, right? A lot of one ofs. You can't guarantee you have that prizing certain things. Yeah, prize luck. One of Stragoleo, one one of Charizard, Macargo, Espeon Deoxys, Latios. It's a lot of one of things that you would need to have and you hope you get. Is single single prize decks the only reason you don't play Mewtwo? But I'm not if I'm playing Mewtwo, I I'm not afraid of single prize decks, especially in a big tournament like this. But is that the only reason you wouldn't? Is that the only reason you wouldn't? That's the only reason I wouldn't. I I think some I I just I wouldn't play Mewtwo because I'm afraid of what I prize. I sure. I just feel like anything that you prize in your prizes just feels really bad. Like if you do Acro Break, not a big deal. But if I'm prizing one of my main engines in my deck, like my Solgaleo GX, I'm kind of out of the water for a little bit. If I prize a welder or two, I'm I'm feeling really bad. That's fair. That's very fair. And I guess, like I said a couple times, the only reason I wouldn't play it is fear of, of what might show up. And you're right, because in the big tournament, we won't see 25% Malamar. But Malamar, Baby Blacephalon, Spirit Tomb, those are really the only decks that terrify it. You know? I mean, Pidgeotto Control can, but we know that's not going to be in huge numbers. So. No, Spirit Tomb's not going to be in big numbers either. It won't be. And you like, have Espeon Deoxys. You have a ways around it. Yeah, and like really when you're playing this deck, you're you're expecting to only see other Mewtwo's, Reshazard, and... Pikaram. Pikaram. And so that's the only decks you're expecting to, to match up against. And even if you're expecting other things, you're expecting that at the end of the day, if you beat what you need to, that is all you're going to worry about. You know, that is in top eight, top 16, that is what you're going to worry about. So, yeah, I, I that's kind of where Mewtwo is. It's super strong. And that kind of leads me into the question to close the podcast, Joe. You have two things you can share with me. What is going to win? And what's your dark horse? Two things. Oh, I thought I was going to ask me to share my pizza. Thank God. No, 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 no <laughs> not not this episode. OK, if you had to pick a winner. In one sentence, give me what it is and why it's going to win. Meta things 
or what I hope to win. What you think is going to win. What you hope is probably your dark horse. Okay. What I think is going to win, I'm going to roll the dice. and Actually, I'm going to pick peek around. What's your one sentence? You have one sentence to explain why. It hasn't won in a while. I love it. What's your dark horse? Dark horse? It's going to be a coin flip. I Well, obviously, I'll spirit tomb. But I th- I'm really hoping someone builds what I was talking about earlier. A Malamar Latios GX with Esper and with a draft rig. I, I kind of hope that comes out of somewhere and just ruins everybody's day. It's more than one sentence, but I'll take it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take uh, it. So Malamar. Malamar Latios ruin people's day. Yes, caveman. All right. Does that sound better? That's better. Okay. My winner is Mewtwo. Versatility wins regionals. And my dark horse is Malamar. Single prize. Single prize deck with a lot of text. If I were to give it two terrible sentences, that's how I would sum them up. Mewtwo and Malamar. Those are my two picks. And I and we so we share kind of a dark horse to a degree and peek around Mewtwo. Battle it out. Let's see what happens, man. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out of here? No, I just really hope I get to see something new pop up this weekend. It'd be cool to see. I'm looking forward to this regional, and thank you guys so much for listening, and without further ado, we will see you next week.